You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is Mike, and this is 40 going on 14. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I love vampire movies, even though other people tell me they suck. Oh, yeah, I'm, I see what you're uh, I'm not proud of what I just did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what she said. Wow. wow. That means Joel's in the clear for the rest of the show after I that know. one. Wow. Awesome. I, Thank you, dude. Yeah. So, hey. I, saying, hope that last minute, I hope that was a last minute one. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been thinking of that all day, actually. Oh, man. I, I also oh, plan to apologize for it immediately after from the time <laughs> oh. I thought of it. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yes, welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 56, and oh uh, I know, seriously, uh, tonight we are doing Fright Night, the Bia, the Bia, the 1985 and the 2011 uh, remake, so we also have a special guest, I was going to say star, but then I corrected myself, but well, I'm just special, that's what it is, that's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, we have a special guest, helmet and all, this is my brother, <laughs> Matthew. Hello. Yes, of the uh, Robocop fame. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As he is probably best it. known on the show. The Robocop thing. And he is also another person that can verify the uh, veracity of the hanging the turkey carcass in the backyard. The veracity of it? it I, got, pretty... I got that straight from the horse's mouth, though. She confirmed that herself. Yeah, well, I mean, she doesn't deny it. She also doesn't deny that it's a little odd. No, I know. That's a problem. Does it still happen? No, no, because no. we have we have a bigger problem with coyotes out here and turkey vultures. Yeah, well, that that's too. because of all the turkeys. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> they're getting pissed. You think there's any correlation there at all? <laughs> yeah, they used to just be turkeys. Now they turn into turkey vultures. Have you been to this house? They hang shit in the trees all the time. Surprise! <laughs> surprise! Surprise! They well, that apparently put us around. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, listener feedback. We got none. Oh. I insulted all of you. Now you're mad at me. So hey, you're not alone in that. I insult them too. Yeah, I can't believe I cannot believe that we did. We would insult a bunch Nikki of jerks not calling in that she wouldn't call in. But she is in New Zealand, and I'm not sure if she. Do you, what do you do to dialogue? Do you have to? Well, like, she's she's actually called us. Oh, she has. Yeah. yeah. You said we didn't have any voicemail. No, not this week. She has. Called oh, us she in has the past. called us. Oh, okay. Well then. Nikki, get on it. Uh, they, the only uh, real interaction we had uh, this week online was uh, Annalise from Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks was asking us about the music from the uh, Wolverine show, and I uh, directed her to where she could find it on YouTube. Oh, very nice. Was Oscar something? I have no, no recollection of what the music the was. The Grouch. It was the Glycerine cover. With oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that on. Um, what is it, Joel? Musicalley.com. Yeah, Possible Oscar was the band for that. Yeah. 
So, but that was awesome. That was a great find. So, but uh, if you do want to call us, you can get us at 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. And uh, you can navigate the uh, voicemail there because if listener can do it, anybody can do it. Um, <laughs> See, this is why they, people stop calling. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is why we don't have voice. My voicemails are nice things. No, you have to bring him up. Otherwise, you have to say his name three times and he calls you. Nanoboss. 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 <laughs> he likes being made fun of anyway. Don't let him fool you. Yeah. You Who, can Matthew? find Matthew obviously we were talking about me from... that entire time. What the? No, Nenemoth. Oh. <laughs> so if you also want to hear some of our old shows, if this may be the first one you've heard, you might hear the back backlog. You can go and find us at uh, 40go14.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and we're also on Blueberry. That if you want to start your own podcast, go there, start it up with 40go14 as your code for a free month of hosting in Shiznit. Can I ask a question? No. Oh, I was going to ask you how we get hold of Matthew if we want to. If you. I was going to say, if you don't like Matthew, you can just listen to some of our past episodes. You don't have to hear him. And also, at the same time, I think in my youth, all of you got a hold of me at one point in time. Yeah. So. yeah. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah. My earliest memory no, of It was Matthew. nothing inappropriate. It was no. just sex with a minor. Right. Yeah. And a lot of Silence of the Lambs references. Wait. Yeah. Or, you, you work in a coal mine? Working in a coal mine. Going <sighs> no, I, my first memory Oops. is Josh chasing him around the backyard with a cocaine mallet. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I'm taking another shot. Yeah, I don't actually remember that. <laughs> So that's because he must have got you. (laughs) (laughs) Tagged you a couple times real good. Or the time we woke you up by just standing next to your bed, just chanting until you finally came to. No, don't, don't remember that one either. <laughs> thanks thanks for fucking up my childhood, guys. <laughs> the spells must have worked then. Yeah. The Let's Benadryl. hear it for Josh always carrying a cocaine mallet around. <laughs> it was a style at the time. It is. Take, take this forget-me-now. <laughs> All right, so, hey, Josh, is it about that time? It is about that time. It is. Here we go. This week in music. And TV. The classic bumper, man. I literally just shot both my fists into the air in victory. I muted myself for nothing? Because it wasn't you this time? Oh, well, we just haven't heard it in a while. Like, I've been asking, are we ever going to hear it again? Because I I like the dubstep Josh remix, and I like uh, the Nicky weird 60s thing. But uh, it's been a long time since we've heard that bumper. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm just saying, to all you guys listening out there, there is a standing offer. If you call the voicemail line and you leave me a message that says, music, movies, and TV, I will mix you into a bumper for that. Uh, You mispronounced TV. TV. (laughs) What's the number again? I'm going to call right now. No, don't, don't, don't call Right now, it screws up so yeah. much stuff. If you, call, if you call it during the show, Josh blows up. It's really bad. <laughs> so this weekend, 1985, that was the year that the original Fright Night came out. Uh, music, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits is the number one song. So Good song. One of is, the best guitar riffs out there. And it, I remember that video came out. Everybody's like, oh my God, check out the computer graphics. Right. <laughs> and now it just looks so sad. It's yeah, they were, you know what, they were, for what they did at the time, it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it was definitely innovative. Yeah. Um, uh, acronym of the week is SW. Star Wars. Yeah. I knew you were going to go with Star Wars. Star Wars part-time lover. Uh, shit waffles. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's more appropriate. <laughs> Shit waffles. Stevie that- Wonder. Stevie Wonder's part-time lover is number two. Another proof in your theory. Now, come on. Stevie Wonder. That's a horrible song. I love Stevie Wonder. I kind of like that song. I've ever, I like best that concert song I've ever too, been man. to in my life. He's one of my favorite like uh, musical acts, but that song is awful. Can I ask it's, you a question? It's so awful, it made me mispronounce awful. <laughs> it's so awful. At, it at, a Stevie, at a Stevie Wonder. Turned, it turned me into an old Jewish lady. That's how bad that song is. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> at, at a Stevie Wonder concert, do they hold up lighters and stuff at the end to get an encore? <laughs> He did, he did have a very funny moment when he brought one of his uh, backup singers up and he announced, you know, he said, this is my youngest daughter. And a bunch of guys started you know, whistling and stuff. He's like, hey, like, you guys calm down. You've never seen nothing as scary as a blind man with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think instead of the lighter, they actually just start uh, clapping. We want one more song in Morse code. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty interesting. That would take a long time, man. Well, he's got time. He's still got to get off the stage. He's, he's like, wait a minute. I'm <laughs> translating this. They say we want one more. And I don't know what the last word is. <laughs> so do they hold up all the signs? I think they like said a- we want one mort <laughs> go get mort <laughs> i was saying i want mort <laughs> they hold up signs in braille <laughs> he has to run through the crowd to read them <laughs> some girl throws her panties on stage and there's like six bottle openers it's in braille what some, some somebody throws their seeing eye dog on stage <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see that so anyway uh sierras Ciara. Ciara, I think. Ciara. Ciara? Ciara. Whatever. I don't know. Ciara. They loved her so much, they turned her into a drug. Uh, American singer, songwriter, model, actress is born. That's her brother, Cialis. Oh, okay. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) On November 8th, Little Richard is seriously injured in a car accident in WH. Warthog Hall. (laughs) It's just down the street from Toad Manor. Mr. Toad was just like... We won Mr. Toad ride. Yeah, yeah that's Woo! the reason. He, that's the reason he got injured, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> West Hollywood. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I race? didn't prepare for the SW because I was waiting for Warthog Hall the entire time. <laughs> movies: Invasion USA and something called Commando are the top two movies. Okay, Invasion USA: Greatest use of two submachine guns on arm. Holsters yes, the, the 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 Uzi, the double Uzi shot. That was yeah. This, he, yeah, he doesn't. They then they like never move. They always stay right at his side. Re- no recoil at all because he's Chuck Norris, right? Oh, God. oh, Chuck yeah. Norris movies. That's okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yes. What kind of conversation Commando, are you having with somebody? One of the best movies ever made, Commando. I, I'm going to take issue with that statement. I love that movie unabashedly. I am not joking when I say that I have in my CD or in my CD player in my car a CD that has one song on it, and it's "We Fight for Love" by Power Station, which is the the song <laughs> they play at the end of Commando. Oh my gosh! And my buddy, my buddy Mike, other Mike up in Chicago, made it for me. And when he came down to visit me for the weekend, he came down for like four days. And I shit you not, that's all we did would play that song on repeat every time we got in the car. <laughs> you can see the springboards that yes. shoot the guys into the air. Yeah. Like they're visible. Oh, but that, I mean, there's just so many stupid, great lines. <laughs> like, like other Mike and I use all the time. Like, you know, whenever one of us, you know, says something, we're like, and, and we, we laugh and like, we'll slow down laughing. And we're like, oh, that's funny. What like, song is it again? And then we're, we're like, if Matrix were here, he'd laugh too. <laughs> we Fight for Love by Power Station. You got the touch. Somehow. It's really it's really fucking awful. I'm sure Mike is looking it up right I'm now. I'm looking it up right now. It, it's not showing up even on... Wait, you're ta- I'm talking ta- about... Ta- this? Ta- it's the song that plays at the end of Commando when like he carries Ray Don Chong out to the helicopter. It's and banned. YouTube doesn't even want it. It's right, banned yeah. in seven countries. That's how bad that song is. 
it's just and it's sitting in my car. So I love I I'm, love Commando in like so many weird ways. Hey, would you like would you like me to uh, make a statement that's going to freak Patrick out? Yes. I've never uh, seen Commando. I knew Which, he was going to say uh, that. Never shut up. Are you serious? I'm serious. I've never seen Commando. Got it. We got to watch that sometime. I got it. But get, wait, going back to I, this, the first, I'm going to get you to smoke the, for the first time, and we're going to watch Commando, and you're going to love it. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's got Alyssa Milano in it. <laughs> very, very young See, Alyssa Milano. Yeah, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Going back to the song, Joel, you said it was like, you got the touch, you got the power. Is that, that's why I was, wait, is that the same song from the end of the Transformers cartoon? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, oh, hell yeah. He's got, that's not the song oh. at all. Oh. No, I, that's what I was yeah. singing. Oh, okay. oh right. I just like that song. Thank you for catching it. <laughs> oh, no, definitely. That was from Boogie Nights also. Correct. The Transformers were in Boogie Nights? The Transformers yes. song is in the Boogie Nights you know soundtrack. What? That's what Mark, Mark Wahlberg was in Boogie Nights. Exo facto Transformers Extinction. I'm a big star. Ipso fatso. <laughs> you know what? You know what the best thing about this setup is that I have a mute button right here and turn Matthew off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? All right. So we've just established that Commando was amazing. Let's move on. No, we haven't. Oh yes, we have. <laughs> and no time will tell on that one. Yul Brenner dies on October 10th. Yep. Yul Brenner assumes room temperature. He died. Yes. A while back. Good I God. thought he was a robot. He might be. Only in Westworld. Um, oh, that wasn't a documentary. Mm. A note note to uh, to listeners. Uh, Yul Brenner, I, fun fact, I saw him perform The King and I Live when I was a youth. A youth? Not like in my house, but like I went and saw a performance <laughs> of him. It's a private performance in the living room. <laughs> Just like Eddie Money does? <laughs> yes, Ooh. Eddie Money All used right. to perform at my house. All right. <laughs> For your bar mitzvah. <laughs> And I wasn't he was even so Jewish. Yeah. I'm so confused. I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, yeah, so TV on October 2nd in 1985, Rock Hudson, age 59, becomes the first major U.S. celebrity to die of complications of AIDS. That's very sad. It sounds it's very just, complicated. Yeah. And Cosby ruled you know, supreme. Yes. Yeah, also, well, you know that you know that they buried Rock Hudson face down, right? So that yeah. anybody that wanted to could come by and get a piece of the rock. Mm-hmm. I'll be here all week. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I was just hoping we could move on without making jokes about the guy who died from AIDS. But that's... <laughs> oh, no. That can't, that can't happen. <laughs> that came up wrong. There we go. There we go. I had the wrong one. Let's talk about Freddie Mercury dying of AIDS. Rock Hudson is not off limits. Fair. Okay. So sp- A faucet. So Cosby Show is number one. Still. Number two... The Family white. Ties? Family Ties, probably. Probably, most likely. More than likely. 1985, yeah. Maybe Roseanne, maybe. but No. Uh, no, that was too early for that Roseanne. Then, like, 85, didn't she? We had Roseanne for this weekend last week. What did we do last week? 93. Mm. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. What was the other one? There was three Reverse it. See, Cosby Show, Family Ties. What was the third one that we uh, is always bouncing around then at the same time? Cosby Show, was Family it Cheers? Ties, and no, it was like... Growing pains? Damn it, who no. writes this shit? Why wouldn't they look that up? <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, it's a sport. Moving on. Why am I distracting myself with something I could have looked up myself if I wanted to know something? Yes, Patrick. Yeah. October 7th, Lynette Woodward is chosen as the first woman to play on the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you got her so... name right and messed up Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Harlem. Yeah, one of the very few sports that is incredibly easy. There's no lion mines or nothing and it still screws it up. <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters. I didn't even know they had a woman on the team. That's amazing. Uh, they think. They did once. Yeah. The Detroit Tigers, Daryl Evans, is the first to hit 40 home runs in a season in both leagues, American and national. Why did you put that in parentheses? What's, what other leagues would they be? Uh, I don't know. I just, our reference. I oh, mean, okay. That's right. Because sports. Things, things in parentheses yeah. don't have to be read out loud. Is that how it goes? Well, it, in the tweet, it is. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Exit. Pursued by a bear. 
Roar. Get over here, buddy. Roar. I don't qualify as a bear, but whatever. I, I'm more of a bear, I think. A winter's tale? Anybody? I, Let's just move on. No, Pat is a bear. Just, okay, so anyway, you know what we're doing this week? We are doing this. Matthew. Yeah, hey! <laughs> Yes. All right. right. That was pretty good. Like that? Yeah. All right. Did, so. did you make With that up? F- yes. He, he just did the, his <laughs> best Christopher Sarandon impersonation in it, the recording. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm sitting here. He did a complete metamorphosis. Yeah. It was it's wow. amazing. Didn't have to change the hair, though. <laughs> of all of all the impressions to spend all your time learning, Chris Sarandon, really? It's, I'm actually a mutant. It's my mutant power. I can morph into Chris <laughs> You can only morph into Chris Sarandon. But it only works what? when he puts a red Mike. scarf on. <laughs> what a horrible superpower. Yeah. Ben, Mike, you, Mike's going to take the act on the road. <laughs> like, the furthest you can go with that is maybe you're going to end up meeting Tim Robbins someday. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He could maybe, like, meet Carrie Elwes. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to, like, uh, I can find him. Do I be, like, a second for Princess Bride conventions? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. That's so where I knew him from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was Humperdink. Humperdink. <laughs> that's Humperdink. what she Humperdink. said. Fright Night 1985, starring Chris Sarandon as uh, Jerry Dandridge, the vampire. We're, we're not calling spoiling this. Vampire no, Jerry. Yes, he was uh, also known as Susan's brother, Susan Sarandon's <laughs> brother, Prince Humperdink, and he did the voice of Jack Skellington from uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Did I actually know didn't know that. Yeah, until, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster, who is known for Fright Night 2 and Left Behind the Movie. Which wow. one? Also known as nothing else. Yeah. Is what he's known for. <clears throat> and he did some TV show recently called Mistresses, which I'm kind of I'm like, oh. Sure, it was on the CW and was canceled probably. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's like a PG version of the Red Shoe Diaries. So it was on Lifetime. Like a, non, like a non-funny Cougar Town. <laughs> Cougar Town isn't funny. Amanda Burst plays... I've never seen it. I'm just... No, he's just going with that. Amanda Burst plays Amy Peterson, who went on two years later to go on to Married with Children and a movie called The Dune Generation. God, what a horrible movie. I thought it God, was okay. Greg Araki needs to eat a bag of dicks. Oh, that's kind of harsh, yeah, man. It's pretty intense, Angel. A big, wet bag of dicks. Oh, God, wet? Mm. Not wet. Mm, wet dicks. Where would one go to... Anyway, anyway... <laughs> So anyway, Roddy McDowell. We can find a guy. Yeah, we can find a guy. Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. And we're not going with a bag of dicks. We're talking about. (laughs) You want a bag of dicks? I can get you a bag of dicks by five (laughs) o'clock. You want a bag of dicks? Watch Fright Night from 1985. Uh, Oh, someone's Peter as Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent as Cornelius. From uh, oh. Planet of the Apes. Also known as the poor man's Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Aww. Well, he's done a <laughs> bunch of voice work. He's been on uh, Pinky in the Brain as Snowball. He does the Mad Hatter on Batman the Animated Series. He's been on Gargoyles, the animated show. And he was a standard in the TV show Tales of the Gold Monkey, which why have oh. we not watched that yet? Why? Because right? it's Tales of the Gold Monkey? I don't know if I've ever heard of that. What? Really? Yes. Tales Holy crap. Of, it's got the dog with the eye patch? Okay. All right, anyway. It sounds like an acid trip. It, yeah, no shit. <laughs> dog with the eye patch. You so know. Roddy McDowell's there with a dog with an eye patch. That's got to be one of those, uh, <laughs> what, what were their Sid and Marty Croft movie what show? Ma- no, it's yeah, not. No. What makes you not want to watch it? No, I, what, it sounds amazing. I didn't say I don't want to watch it. I've just never heard of it. Yeah, so anyway. Um, it's got a monkey in the title. You know how much I love monkeys? And they're when they're golden. So, I have a bathroom full of monkey gear. When they're golden brown. Okay, so we're not talking about Pat's bathroom. Uh, Stephen Joffreys. Speaking of a bag of dicks. (laughs) Oh, Stephen Jeffries or Stephen Joffrey? 
Jeffries. Yes. Jeffries. Either way, he played Evil Ed, uh, lots of B-horror movies afterwards, and didn't he go with gay porn for a while? Who are I, you expecting to answer Yeah, with? I'm not that familiar with uh, well, that's why I brought the Matthew homoerotic on. hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he thought he was here for his horror expertise. Right. No, it was we, just to answer I, this question. To quote, yeah, just gay porn expertise, you know what? that's all. To quote one of you at one point in time, I'm not Uh-oh. gay, I'm a sodomist. There's a difference. <laughs> Did one of us say that? That was Dennis, actually. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, he I'm shouted ready. that in the middle of a mall, if I recall. Oh, God, yes, I remember that. That was at Oakbrook. That was a high-end mall. Then we had to move quickly. Um, Jonathan Stark as Billy Cole. Oh, yep. The, During the 90s, Joffrey's appeared for several years and gay pornographic movies using the alias Sam Ritter. <laughs> All right. Like, Why like, is that funny? Just reminds me of John Ritter, the father of techno. Yeah, that's right. Don't look at me that way. John Ritter, the guy from Three's Company? Not that John Ritter. No. I, oh. I was wondering what he yeah, had to I do with techno. Sure. No, no yeah. he didn't do techno. He did you the did... voice of Clifford the Big Red Dog. I hate all of you. <laughs> and Jonathan Stark as the ghoul Billy Cole with his tool belt. And he was on Ellen, the world according to Jim, and pretty much the rest of his career is one episode on sitcoms. Yeah, he was a one of those character actors who would fill in. He was a working actor, but he never really like got his big break. And I don't think he ever was looking for one. He's no. a hey, it's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's that guy from Fright Night. Hey, it's that guy from Alan. House 2. Yeah, House 2. Which I still, that's a great movie. I don't, with the little green dog that's also a caterpillar, you can't go wrong with that movie. What? Exactly. <laughs> but he doesn't have an eye patch. What is it with you people? Why can't a dog be a dog? Why does he have to have an eye patch or turn into a Because he was a prehistoric dog from another dimension, Pat. Watch the movie. That's a pretty good answer. Damn right. He gotcha. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, the tagline for Fright Night 1985 is, if you love being scared, it'll be the night of your life. Uh, when Charlie Brewster discovers that his suave new neighbor is a vampire, he seeks help from actor Peter Vincent, famed for portraying a ghoul hunter. Yeah. If you didn't know this movie was 1980s, as soon as you saw Christopher Sarandon and realized that that was this era's version of suave, you're like, <laughs> okay, I pegged the year. Yeah, but here, let me ask you this, because in 1985, I was two, so. So, uh, yeah, I had yeah, to throw but that. that mean no, well, I'm just saying, because back in 85, was it suave or was it suave? It wasn't suave until Rico kicked in. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be about, about another nine years for suave. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Chris Sarandon uh, is a vampire. It was... Uh, let's see. Well, do you want to do trivia first? Or we do trivia after we talk. Let's talk about trivia. Okay. So Chris Sarandon had an idea to have Jerry the vampire eating <clears throat> apples throughout the entire film, and uh, he said he researched vampire lore and saw the word bat, and then assumed he they were talking about fruit bats. So he said Jerry had a lot of fruit bat in his DNA. So he spent ah, the whole show. Yeah, male roommate that sweater. Yeah, that sweater man. What about that right. that off the shoulder oh. number he was wearing at the club too? Yeah, because when I think of demonic vampire, I automatically think of demonic fruit bat. Yeah, automatically goes in there. So, but it's the something. Chiquita banana. Everybody knows that they're the toughest bats in the bat kingdom. Of course, so they're yeah, yeah. the fruit bat. Um, I'm gonna decorate this cave like nobody else's business. <laughs> I'm going to put some guano over here, some guano over here. And the throw pillow, son of a bitch. So, uh, oh, look, I got guano on the pillow. All right. Oh, it looks fantastic. <laughs> How did we get here? Whoop, there goes my bell. Um, oh, you know what that means? Guano joke's got to end. Sorry. <laughs> it's the end of the guano joke. So, and But they, strangely enough, carried that one over to the uh, 2011 version. They did. They did. Yes. yes they did. That's kind of weird. But uh, also, Stephen Joffrey's, when he was in the, uh, they did the werewolf mask scene, where uh, the werewolf, he had turned into a wolf and he was changing 
coming back after he had gotten staked. The uh, FX team poured a solution into his mouth that they were trying to make look like saliva, big drooly saliva type stuff, and unfortunately they had grabbed a bucket full of dental adhesive and uh, effectively glued Stephen Joffrey's mouth shut. Well, let's be real. If he was going into gay porn, it was just like a preamble to his future profession, wasn't it? Right. Uh, I think that would limit his options there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Out, they want to they want to open your mouth, not shut it. Well, it's a lot of not that I know from personal experience, but I'm uh, saying I was you could say, assume you, you sound like you know that sound. I don't live in Texas. Steers and queers. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure where he's going with that, man. <laughs> to Texas, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you next week, Pat. Uh, <laughs> it goes from you to Jerry to the cleaners. Um, the fact that Amy resembles the lost love of Dandridge was also Chris Sarandon's idea. So he was that guy that kept coming up to the director and be like, I got an idea. Uh, he wanted Jerry Dandridge to have some uh, other added dimensions and not to be some vampire. Because <laughs> To be fair, those were two of the more interesting things about the movie. They were, actually. I mean, the, Wait, the fruit and the, the fruit? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that was one of the things that made it stand out. In my memory across the years. See, I didn't recall him eating fruit at all until I watched it this second time. And it wasn't, you know, where I was watching it with Susie. And she's like, why is he always eating fruit? And I never had noticed it until he, like, just watched two days ago. I did notice it, like, when I watched, when I saw saw for the first time when I was young. Because I remember thinking that I don't know if I'd ever seen a vampire actually eat anything before other than people. without getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. All I knew is I wanted an apple. <laughs> and, and Amanda Bierce, apparently. Yes. Uh, much you can't of the, have her. She's a lesbian. Really? And yep. Are, are no. you that close? Well, uh, I pretended to be a lesbian just to get that. She's close. she's the plural form of beer. Bierce. Ah, <laughs> <So>, uh, beers. <laughs> so much of the film's nine point five million dollar budget was spent on special effects. This was the first vampire film to spend one million dollars on special effects. And they were all on Evil Ed. That was actually a pretty damn good transition. Like, um, uh, yeah. No, that was not a good transition. I'm sorry. That was three and a half minutes of after he gets staked. We go from a very fuzzy little wolf who's running down the hallway like <laughs> to. <laughs> okay, see, but you don't understand. Back this, you were two. Exactly. As you have said. Yeah, you're spoiled on good effects. You don't understand what 80s effects were. Good effects? Like, yeah, like, uh, this, this was almost par with American Werewolf in London as yes, far as like, the, 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 the makeup that they did. Because American Werewolf in London did some amazing makeup for its No, time. I've seen that. It was very good with the transition, but I thought that it was kind of drawn out in a dramatic way. Well, it was. They were trying to like make you connect more to the fact that you know this kid was dying. Yeah, Even I mean, it was. They were they were trying to pull at the heartstrings because you see, Roddy McDowell was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I staked you because you were trying to kill me." But um, no, they. I think for the effects that they had in this in this movie, they were they they did a damn good effort. I love how you guys immediately jumped to the "it was 1985" argument. <laughs> Back in my day. They they painted a shoe and called it a spaceship. Well, I think people that are failing. Star Wars. People are failing to point out how realistic those apples were. Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars went just into the fruit in this movie. A little known like them apples. Chris Sarandon is actually allergic to fruit, so that was all CGI. <laughs> no, they did. I mean, for what it was a stunt double to eat the fruit. <laughs> there was there was okay no CGI in this movie whatsoever. I mean this is all practical effects. This is all guys trying to figure out how to make this look the way they want it to look. You know the burn on Evil Ed's forehead. You know the the um, initially they wanted to have uh, the girlfriend. 
friend. I didn't put her name on here. I forgot her name was. It's Amy in the movie. Oh, that's right. Amy. Yeah. Amanda um, Beers. Amanda Beers. Beers. They want, with her teeth, they originally wanted her to have like uh, shark teeth. Shark teeth. And they didn't do that. They did it in the next one, though. But um, they, I mean, the, I just, there's a, there's a thing about the practical effects of the 1980s where they were just figuring out how, I mean, they had these guys that could build all these little models. There's, it was just a little bit more, <sighs> shit, I sound like an old man shouting at clouds, don't I? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Get off of my lawn! Uh, this kind of begs the comparison to a uh, movie that I wouldn't mention, except that they never have remade it yet. I'm still crossing my fingers. But this is two years before The Lost Boys. Yes. And kind of similar movie. And uh, I, I love The Lost Boys soundtrack. I, I don't know. Oh, what yeah. are you guys' feelings about uh, Fright Night versus Lost Boys? Lost Boys is so much Lost better. Lost Boys 100% no. I, am, I'm, uh, I love watching uh, Fright Night. Fright Night is a lot of fun, but you watch Fright Night knowing it's... It's a B movie. It's not. I mean, okay. <clears throat> in the scene where Jerry Dandridge breaks into the house and goes into his mom's room, okay, there are so many gaffes in this movie. Jerry walks into the window. There's a picture of a Corvette behind him. They cut to another scene. Cut back, and now he's standing above his his mother's uh his mother's bed. And he, you know he comes in one room, and he suddenly he's and he's in another oh. room. What? Did you notice that? Move on. It was a cum noise. He's what, yeah. and one, one of the things I noticed, too, in that scene when uh, they were talking about sleeping together is like if you watch him watch, looking out the window and they keep cutting to her taking her shirt off and then he's in the window and you can look in the background. She's got her shirt on and they cut back to her. And she's t- her shirt's off. And they cut back to him in the background. You can see she's sitting on the bed with her shirt back on. No, <laughs> even in the same part at the end of the movie where uh, Jerry's biting her, you have that little romantic, you know, consistent when it comes to the, the sexual music in an 80s movie, you know... Is Jerry Dandridge here? What was that? Yeah, it's a, Hello, Jerry! Um, he, <laughs> Don't invite him in! You know, he's biting her on the, the lower part of the shoulder, and then they cut away for a second because it's sexual for the night, and he's up on her neck. At the, well, like, that's not yeah. a real far distant travel. I mean, what, one of the gaps that I liked was when Jerry uh, meets up with Charlie Brewster in his room and breaks the lock on his window, forces the window open. We don't want to wake up your mom. Yes, we don't want to wake up your mom, but I'm going to destroy <laughs> yeah. the window but he he reaches over destroys the lock grabs the window pulls it open tries to throw charlie out the window and then after he takes off charlie pulls the window down and locks it <laughs> yeah and i'm sitting there going he just broke that well and he wants to kill all of the scooby gang because they know who he is and then he goes and fangs out and kills two bouncers in the middle of a crowd yeah. his yeah. motivations are a little confused which well, made no sense at all and just drew complete attention to him all he had to do was just walk out of the club like you know and he could have just gone about his business <laughs> I, ironically enough there's a <clears throat> excuse me a scooby-doo movie called scooby-doo meets i think it's meets dracula actually and it's they yeah. basically ripped off this plot but um <clears throat> i would just like to throw something in here because you guys are talking about lost boys versus um fright night fright, fright night. night but I, my, <laughs> it must my stand pick, out in your head <laughs> my pick over those two would be near dark if we're gonna go vampire movie see really Ooh. yeah well, is that uh, Joel, 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 which one is that? It's one with Bill, Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton. Lance Hendrickson, directed by Kathleen Bigelow. Which is awesome also. It's from 87, so it's same time. I don't think timeline. I've seen that. Oh, dude. Oh, it's so good. All right. I posed the question, and I agree with you guys that I prefer The Lost Boys, but I will say that this has got something going for it. It's got a very, like, juvenile power fantasy where you've got, like, the older guy who takes your girlfriend, and he's some sort of monster, and it's not really your fault, and you kick his ass and kill him him and get her back 
Like, that's a very powerful thing to, like, an adolescent guy. Where the hell did you yeah. grow up? Oh, Cicero. No, but right. Berwin, Cicero. It, 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 no, it's very true, though. I mean, like, I remember being a kid and, like, loving movies like that, like Karate Kid, you know, where he ended up beating up the bad guys and ended up with the girl and all that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, but really, is, isn't that every movie? I mean, even you you twist it a little bit. Okay, vampire movies. Once bitten, twice shy. Okay, that's the that's, song. Which was a movie <laughs> with Jim Carrey. Once bitten, twice shy. No, once yeah. just once bitten. Wasn't it? No. Okay, no, I was four. Okay, yeah. I th- give me credit for <laughs> the going. How did we let you watch when you were four? <laughs> a lot of weird <laughs> shit. Okay, and that's why I messed up the way I am. But I'm just saying that's that's like every single movie. I went to go see Maze Runner this last week. Okay, and I was like, "Where's the corn? Why aren't they running through corn?" It's not M-A-I-Z-E. Oh. It, it's I read it wrong. But you know, anyway, no, it's all teenage movie, movies, even Twilight, for crying out loud. It's that coming of age thing. I mean, they've been doing that for the last 30 years. Well, the, well and, there's, and there's something appealing about that. I sure. Mean. And my point isn't that he gets the girl at the end. It's the specific power fantasy of seeing the girlfriend taken by the older guy who is undeniably cooler and better looking and actually finding out that it's not your fault. You didn't just have your girlfriend stolen by someone who's just better than you. He's a monster. The whole situation screwed up and you can fix it by killing him. That That's a very specific kind of power fantasy mm. for anybody who's ever had like a relationship taken like out from under them by someone who right. they uh, like perceived to be their superior. Right. Mm-hmm. I did that once. I killed my neighbor just to get my girl back. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but I agree. Bl- with you, bless Justin. my turtle told me to. So, oh, okay. Well, there oh, you go. God. That's cool then. Um, good alibi. But no, that's the that's the that I agree with you, Josh. I mean, that is a that is a theme, especially in '80s movies. It's not just that this guy is just a, a competitor. It's not that this guy is a an equal to you and a little bit better or a little bit different. This guy is just far and above beyond you. He's an alpha dog. Yeah. I mean, he's not only cooler than you, but he can hypnotize women with his eyes, and he's got that Cosby sweater that he wears so sexily, <laughs> and then he shows up at the club with his uh, flash dance outfit on with the sweater with the one shoulder off. And No, wait, real quick, did they... I forgot what I was talking about. I just... No, but uh, I was, I was loving every minute of it. about Chris Sarandon. Wait, <laughs> where... Did they ever mention where the movie actually was taking place? The movie took place in a back lot at Disney. Okay, moving on, like actual... Oh, town? Yeah, what town? They ever even mentioned it. I don't think. Because, he, I don't no, think they he... give a hint. They give a hint because I watched it today. Because when Jerry is throwing Charlie out the window, he grabs a pencil, and the pencil is in a Iowa Hawkeye uh, coffee cup. <coughs> oh, ah. clever! I missed yeah. that. Wow. Oh, so they were in Korea. Right. Yes. <laughs> Northern Korea. It was actually Kim Jong Un playing the part of Jerry. That's a very nice pull. So it's so clear now. Hey, I. So they were in Iowa. I'm guessing they were in Iowa somewhere. In in Iowa, in a town that somehow, for some reason, has a dance club that has a line. Have you ever been to Iowa? Probably the only dance club in Iowa. You noted that he called it, it was a place called The Club. The Club. Club. (laughs) That was the name. Did you know? It's what he called it outside. Did you see the sign? It was called The Radio Club. Oh yeah, yeah what's so, the yeah, that, Iowa it's, checks course, out. Yeah, it's the club. It's the one club, and so I yeah. So, but no, I mean it's the it's the power. Like you said, Josh, it's the power trip. There's this guy that's far and above me. He took something away from me. He took my girlfriend away. I'm gonna get him back. Oh, he's a monster. Cool, it can kill him. And I'm gonna get the help of this old washed up actor. Honestly, I think without Chris Sarandon and Roddy McDowell in this movie, I wouldn't have even noticed it. That's fair. Right. 
Well, unless they cast somebody else. Well, then they have to find somebody else to dunk their head in a bowl of flour because Roddy McDowell's makeup was atrocious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have got, got Red Skelton or something. <laughs> would have been a lot Don, more entertaining, though. Or Don Rickles. Get over here, you big dummy. Don Rickles. Don Rickles, vampire hunter. What are you, stupid? There's sunlight everywhere, dummy. <laughs> I would, you know, there was a rumor that Richard Gere was attached to play. <laughs> <laughs> It's a callback. We haven't done that in a while. No, the, the reason why Richard Deere couldn't do it because he had a gerbil up his ass. <laughs> That's not true. I will I say this. So the, the, the portion at the end of the movie where Jerry is randomly on top of the house and then he's floating outside. Instead of him reaching into the window and ripping out the vampire hunter's throat, he's just floating around. He's biding his time. Is that what it was? Because 6 o'clock was coming really quickly at that say, point in time. Yeah. And next thing you know, you burst into flames he, and explode. Time for, he only had time for a move equivalent action, and right. that was floating. <laughs> nice. so, but, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but here's the thing: I think that, like, if we're moving into you know other vampire movies, Buffy the Vampire Slayer completely made fun of that. Anybody? No. No, I'm yes, all seen okay. We're waiting for right. the no. The, the part where what the hell's his name? Paul Rubens? Not Spike. No, who Buffy. The, no, not Buffy. Angel. Oh, the movie. The movie. And Margaret. And oh. <laughs> Margaret. No, outside saying, "Oh, come outside. I feel pretty." You can actually delete this portion. This is. Don't worry, <laughs> no, I will. That's, great. that's right. I'm gonna take a whiz right now. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just, I like. I like how he just fell on the grenade. He just he pulled the pin <laughs> and he just realized he had nowhere to throw it. I'll just. I, I'll just drop it. And fall I get to forget. I got nothing. So, so while he's so okay, that's a good lead. And Evil Ed, yes, one of the things that people all re- always remember from this movie is Evil Ed. Yeah, annoying as shit in this first one. Why yeah, would anybody crazy. be friends with that guy? But I think most of us knew him. Yep. Some yeah. of us might have been him for a while, <laughs> for a little bit. I claim nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I wasn't totally talking about Mike. Aww. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I, you've got Evil Ed, the, I was somebody, the guy who's always picked on at school, apparently, is what the guy, how they archetyped him. And I did not remember him not liking being called evil. I thought he loved it. That's the thing. It's like they only had that one line in there where he says, stop calling me evil, but everybody calls him evil Ed. So. No, he he, he said something a couple times because like the very first time he said it, he, he said something about how I'll let you get away with that because you're failing trig or whatever. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he was the combination of, like, instead of being a sympathetic outcast, he was an outcast where you could see why. He was not yeah. only socially awkward, but he was also kind of a dick at the same time. So he, he was right. kind of bringing it on himself, <clears throat> not to, you know, back up the... the yeah, the, the, almost the, like Robert Downey Jr.'s character in the movie Back to School. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. And we, of, course, of course, we also have this stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how'd you like to hang out with that laugh all the time? He reminded me a little bit of the kid, the RoboCop kid from American Pie. Oh, Sherman? The yeah, Sherman. The Shermanator. Sherman. Yeah, I mean, I, would... he, I don't know. He, it, it, like, it seems like nobody wanted to hang out with him, but he was everywhere. Well, here's the thing. How old was the actual actor at this time? Do we know? 36. Was he? <laughs> No, because when I watched it today, the only thing that I could focus on, not, I mean, you, you're dead on saying he was annoying as all hell. 
he had the most yellow teeth I think I've ever seen on any teenager in my entire life. So he he's was British. There we go. He was 21. No, he's not. I don't know. Okay. He's British. Well, then he gargled and brushed his teeth with coffee every single you, day or you've tar. You've got some weird things you watch when you're watching movies, man. You're like, oh, I check attention. out that Iowa Hawkeyes mug. Hey, check out his yellow teeth. <laughs> but you teeth. know what? Now we know what state they were in. And Iowa is just messed up in general. Sorry to the Iowa listeners Congratulations. Right now. You saved the show. There we go. Like yes. someone's getting someone's getting drowned in some movie and he's just like, look at the size of those coins. <laughs> So, yes, if you'd like to know more about uh, where pencils come from and dental work, <laughs> you can always email us at <laughs> 40go14 at gmail.com. All right. So, all right. You guys want to take a break here? Yeah, I think, we, well, do we have anything more to say about? Actually, let's, are we going to save the, like, did we like it? No, yeah. actually, I, we I have a reason end. for wanting to know whether we like this one now before the break. Wait, what's your oh. reason before we answer? Uh, that will be immediately clear after the break. Okay. So, so I actually <laughs> liked it in a sort of cheesy way. It was fun to watch again. I had fond memories of it, and it didn't, like, improve over the years, but it was about what I expected. So thumbs up, but not enthusiastically. That that is almost almost exactly how I feel about it. I mean, seriously, like word for word. I'm like, I remember loving it as a kid. I I knew going into it, I was like, it's not going to hold up, but it was still kind of fun, just nostalgically to watch it and everything. And I didn't hate it. I'm going to so agree I, with I, you guys. I, I, and it's I, not I'll, I'll be, go with a thumbs up on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to agree with you both, and it's not just because I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it might no. be one thumb. Yeah, it's it's half the reason. No, <laughs> it's uh, I. You know what? Again, I liked it because I remember enjoying it. And again, with you, Patrick, I knew it wasn't going to hold up. I know Jerry Dandridge. If he was walking around nowadays, everybody'd be like, "Hey, nice thrift store find." Um, <laughs> it would. I mean, the the music is you know the synth all over the place. A really horrible music they were playing at the club, all that stuff, and you know, the it just reeks of I was made in nineteen eighty five, but it's got that but cool. Amanda Bears is still cute, though, at least. Oh, yeah. It's got that cool, it's got that cool, uh, you know, you know, I remembered it and loved it when I was a kid. You know, I liked, I liked watching this movie when I was a kid. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. It's a fun, cheesy B movie. And it doesn't go any further than that. It doesn't try to be anything but that. Thumbs up for yeah. me. Okay. My turn. Um, well, the first time I saw it was in 1989 on VHS. I didn't like it then. I still don't like it now. Uh, it's basically a TV movie of the week with boobs. Well, only one. I'm well, not a fan at all. Wow. Surprise. And I, I'm not a big not vampire a fan, fan. No, I'm not a big vampire movie fan anyway, but yeah, this what? one was. You're not just a big vampire booby fan? What? Movie fan. You don't like vampire movies? Ooh, Josh should say boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and TV. <laughs> Transvestites. What did you say? I'm sorry. All right, Matthew? Um, maybe it's a generational thing, but I got to agree with Joel. Um, not a fan because when it comes to vampire movies, specifically in the 80s, I have to say, you know, Lost Boys, hands down. Thou shalt not kill. You know, it's, it's got a great soundtrack. The casting is phenomenal. It actually has substance to it. And I don't think Lost Boys, I know you have to pee, sorry. Uh, Lost Boys was far beyond. It gave, you know, depth to the characters. It wasn't, this guy wants my girl, so I'm going to kick his ass. Is this group of you know surfer boy rejects are coming to kill my family and me so just comparing the two it was more of a uh I don't See, know. But I think you're comparing, thing for yeah, me. Yeah, I think Let's, you're comparing apples and oranges in that thing. I mean, for for 1980s vampire movies, Lost Boys is like the gold standard. But it was simplistic. That's the thing. Because if you if if we probably like googled right now the the budget, you know, of Lost Boys compared to Fright Night, take away special effects, I think that there would probably be 
Who else is doing this? Yeah, I'm on. It. Okay, <laughs> <I am> on <laughs> it. eight point five right. million. Real quick, real quick before we before we go to break, let's just break down each one of us our top thirty two favorite vampire movies. <laughs> <laughs> just okay. so Mike pees. <laughs> <laughs> My bladder's only so big. Oh, but uh, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, if you go on IMDb, it says people who like this also liked, and it's got Fright Night 2 and Fright Night the Remake, but it also has on here The Lost Boys, again, sure. standards. But then it's also Night of the Creeps. That's I the mean, same tone as this, though. That's exactly it. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the next six, House, American Werewolf in London, Critters, Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead, this is the this is the core of 80s B-movie. I mean, can we, we do American Werewolf in London? Because I love that. Movie. No, we have not. But I disagree. Oh, with so that. can we? Oh, sure. No, we absolutely. need to. I yeah. love that movie. A- at least I think that we can give this props for decent effects that were well thought out. Like they didn't just throw vampire fangs on. They did some interesting things with the jaws and a lot of the more interesting things about the plot. Apparently, were devices by Christopher Sarandon, which I just learned tonight. But I. I think without those special effects advances, this probably would have been entirely forgettable. And yeah, it probably does pale in comparison to Lost Boys. I so is that agree. about to sum it up? I think so. Go pee, Mike. Not here. What are you doing? Put that back in. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's take a break, guys. We'll be right. back in a little bit. It also didn't have a big shirtless guy oiled up playing a saxophone that was shooting fire. True story. <laughs> and every movie is improved by the in- inclusion of that. That's true. Through the cave for the days, <laughs> only a spark to light my way. That's actually the singer who does that too. <laughs> that dude was buff. It's kind yeah. of like Rammstein think- in 1980. Hey, we had it Josh- was the 80s. We didn't know any better. Josh just turned into uh, Trey Parker. Anyway, go pee, Mike, for the love of God. I still believe. <laughs> I'm going to go pee. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, Dez. Yeah. Now that we're no longer including Will in any of our promos, have you heard about the Musings of a Geek podcast network? No, actually, I haven't. What's that? It is a podcast network, which is a collection of podcasts. What's a podcast? A podcast is like a radio show on the internet. It's incredible. We've got tons of them. At musingsofadgeek.com, you can listen to 16 or 17 or 20 podcasts. It's amazing. We've got ours, the Musings of a Geek, Pilots, the Arkham Social Hour, which Des is the host of, the History of Bad Ideas, Best of the Worst Movie pod- Podcast, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, Graphic Novice, Sweating the Small Stuff, Who the What Now, The Q from Hell, 40 Going on 14, Jerk Zeus Radio, Hard to Swallow, Culture Babble, How Is This Movie, and Media Feed. Two new ones. Is that it today? What about the ones we're adding tomorrow? I don't know yet. If you like what you hear on the Musings of a Geek uh, podcast network, go ahead and shoot us an email. If you want to join the Musings of a Geek network, go ahead and jump on musingsofageek.com. Definitely listen to the podcast. Check us all out. We're all there. And as always, stay geeky, my friends. Hello, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that brief interlude of the sounds of coconuts being smashed together by Reese Monkeys. Wow, you're getting much more in-depth with your break music. Yeah, note to self, (laughs) remember to find noises of coconuts being smashed together for a post-show. So anyway, we're talking about Fright Night 2011. You get to tag that tag. Hashtag Reese's Monkeys. We could start up. Okay, I promised that I would give a reason for my demanding we give a verdict on the 1985 original. Mm -hmm. It's because normally... (laughs) 
normally uh, we save it for the end of the show, but I don't think I'm capable of talking about Fright Night 2011 without it being absolutely clear that I think this is everything a remake should be. Yes. I thought this movie yeah. was fucking awesome. Nah. No, I'm kidding. What All right. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, it was faithful to the spirit of the original while intelligently updating the elements that were sorely in need of updating. Uh, it did callbacks to the people that were very, very familiar with the original material without being slavish about it. I, I just, like, I, I was not expecting to like this movie as much as I did. I don't typically own non, like, streamable media. I might actually go out and pick this up as a DVD. Well, I, I stole the DVD from my brother because I really liked it when I saw it in theaters. And there was only four people in the theater. Yeah, I hadn't seen it until this morning, and uh, I was shocked by how much I liked it. All right, so let's roll into it. Fright Night 2011, a remake of the 1985 original teenager Charlie Brewster, guesses that his new neighbor Jerry Dandridge, Colin Farrell, is a vampire responsible for a string of recent death. When no one he knows believes him, he enlists Peter Vincent, David Tennant, a self-proclaimed vampire killer, and a Las Vegas magician to help take him down. I don't like the synopsis that you just gave. Especially considering it's not true. Yeah. Like, that's a, no, that's a, I I oh, I clipped it off of uh, IMDb. Yeah, it, it no, was, it was evil saying, Ed, like, dead on. Whoever wrote that uh, missed some of the key differences between this and the '85 mm-hmm. original. Like some of the logical gaps in the '85 original, they completely repaired in the remake. No, I agree with you on that. I I like this. One. I thought this one was great. Uh, so anyway, let's keep going. Anton Yelkin uh, is Charlie Brewster, also known in Star Trek as Lieutenant Chekhov. He was also clumsy Smurf in the Smurf movies and was uh, Kyle in Terminator Salvation. Yeah, I, I noticed you didn't have his character listed there, and I was very confused as to what clumsy smurf was doing in terminator salvation <laughs> i would have watched terminator salvation if it actually had clumsy smurf in it then well, um, i, think, I watched despite that minimizing like what anton yelchin has been in he's also did a uh, charlie barker's war which is very entertaining and it was also in a movie uh the name escapes me at this point but it had robin williams and david duchovny in it. that's terrible uh, that would be house of d which was pretty damn good it is very yeah, good it was heartfelt it was funny enjoyed every minute uh colin farrell is jerry dandridge Who, jerry you? or colin colin or jerry colin or mike, or mike. <laughs> yeah what the f- <laughs> i invite you to my house no, no i'm <laughs> saying oh. colin Fer- i don't like the man i think he's what? an asshole what yeah so anyway he's colin anyway colin farrell is jerry dandridge also known for total recall which we did in the show previously i had to toss in bruges in there because i think in bruges is one of my favorites i keep hearing it's good i still haven't seen it it is it's so very it is great it is it, it's awesome but anyway uh he was also an alexander miami vice which why why have we not done my advice yet? It's just coming. haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And coming. something called Bally Kiss Angel? Which is a sequel to Bally Kiss Ass. He, he was also one of the few bright spots in the Daredevil movie. Like, oh, I, Jesus. No, he was. Oh, no, yes, no, no. he was. No, he was crap. What's oh, going I thought he was what? great. He ruined it. Oh, God. oh, my God. Because the movie was crap to begin with. But Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, and I was like, uh, he's licking his finger and he touching was, his forehead. He played a psycho killer. He did that to the hilt. And I, I loved the dart scene. Like. Yeah. Oh, when he's launching it at the guy's neck? Yeah, yeah when, he, that, when he throws it. No, that the, was pretty fun. But the re- uh, maybe it's just because it's Ben Affleck. When, when you add Ben Affleck to Daredevil. that. Daredevil. Well, yeah. Maybe, Sorry. maybe Batman. Uh, Tony know. Collette. Uh, Jane Brewster, who has also been a mom in Sixth Sense, and the mom in Little Miss Sunshine, and the mom in... About a Boy. Yes. So she yeah, plays... The mom in this movie. She plays mom. She's a MILF. Yeah, I, she is a totally underrated actress. I really like yeah. Tony Collette. 
I liked her as Jane Brewster better than Jane Brewster in the first. First one was just too much of a parody of what mom, standard Jerry, 80s mom. Are you outside hunting for a vampire in the bush? Yeah, the whole thing about how, how like the room is getting torn to pieces, and she's just in there. I can't get my door open. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and how are we gonna bring up Tony Collette without talking about uh, Muriel's wedding? Because mm. she was I the, the lead in it. it. I still have not seen that movie. I nope. want to see it. Have not. Seen. That's oh, from back my in goodness. the apartment days. Yeah, and like if you were to see one Australian import comedy, I actually now might actually recommend Muriel's Wedding over the Shrimp on the Bobby. The whole hmm. yeah, I'll put it on my list. The whole Paul Hogan years. It's actually a really cool movie. Cool. Uh, also, David Tennant, Peter Vincent, who is known mm-hmm. for uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and something called. Doctor Who? Yeah, how come they get away with spelling it with DR with period? Because why I'm the one Why don't you write a letter to IMDB, Joel? I don't uh, know who spelled it that way. I don't know if it's... I don't... It's not... They used to spell it that way, Patrick, up until... It's fixed. Oh, was it the <laughs> 70s or 80s, and then they changed it, so it's not totally incorrect, but shut up. All right, so anyway. Also, we talked about this before the show, but I just wanted to say that I was glad I didn't know David Tennant was in this, because in his, like, Chris Angel get-up with the long black wig and the tattoo tattoos and the goatee and the mustache i didn't recognize him until he took off the hair that was awesome so cool and then imogene poots (laughs) Poots. Poots. uh 28 days later filth which i heard is amazing i haven't seen it yet but i heard filth good it's available streaming on netflix right now it is and uh v for vendetta terrible movie christopher mince please what what mince plus mince plus all right who changed it not me joel not me yeah i mean i'm going with joel because if someone changed it's Someone change Imogene Poots to Imogene Poop. Yeah, and it's always Joel. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he's known for obviously Ow. super bad kick-ass <laughs> role models and also How to Train Your Dragon. He's so good in kick-ass, the kick-ass movies. Both oh, yeah, yeah, he, he was. Is. It's so. the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And so. the red, the red mist. Yeah. The red, yeah. red mist, yeah. yeah. So uh, trivia on this one. Uh, early stage of the development, they had originally had Heath Ledger uh, mm. set for Jerry Dandridge, which would uh, have... They found out he wasn't immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. This is going to be a really offensive show to some people. Too soon, Pat. Too soon. Joel's offended? Am I offended? Well, we've hit the baseline. So, um, the car chase sequence is also done in one continuous rotating shot. I think they were on lots when they did that with Greenspan. Yeah, pretty much. I believe this was a remake. Does that count as trivia? Well, it's kind of the point that's, of the show, Joel. I was going to say, that's sort of what we do here. Yeah, it's a, Spoilers. It's a combination <laughs> 85 and so. Um, all right. What do you think? Plot. Plot stayed the same, except for they made some really interesting changes. I like the fact that Evil Ed was the one who fingered the vampire first. <laughs> oh, is that how he found him? It is. Yo, who yeah, knew? How to finger your vampire. Right. It, why does my finger smell like garlic? Well, no, he did How to Train Your Dragon, and then he did How to Finger Your Vampire. I'm, la- I'm laughing. I just can't laugh. I, I also think that the way the whole like vampire was discovered and how Charlie Brewster became involved, it felt more genuine in this. It did. And plus the characters were more well developed. Like Ed was not just a giggling asshole. He's very busty. <laughs> no, I mean Ed Ed in this one was a little bit more because oh, yeah. you had a I mean it wasn't so much like in the first one, Ed was this dude freak and followed around and maybe you were the guy he followed around that week. Uh in this one, the fact that uh Charlie and Ed actually had a history before they got yeah. to high school I thought was a very cool addition. How many of you though admit it on the show, I hope how many of you out there that have the hosts, including Matthew, have a video like that floating around somewhere? 
I have a video yes. of Matthew doing a interpretation song, I'm Fat, by Weird Al Yankee. Which, okay, all right. <laughs> it wasn't just me, all right? And I was physically assaulted during that video by my sister, and she smacked me in the head multiple times. And you were in that video, too. I, no, I wasn't. About? I was the, I, I was the oh. one who grabbed the camera first, so oh, I filmed okay. it. Yeah, there's a video of me somewhere, uh, which I, I hope the tape has been destroyed, of me and, like, a cousin and a brother on boogie boards in someone's living room, like, pretending to surf while attempting to rap along with the fat boys are back <laughs> i was thinking yes. more in terms of like an adventure story like when we used to play D, there's a video of of our D group uh do, making doing a made-up trailer for a made-up movie that's like an adventure thing no. so see i can't believe i told you guys about the fat boys video fucking jaegermeister <laughs> <laughs> i oh, josh take another shot i had one let's see we did a video once where our mom found a katie did lettuce and threw it out the on, onto the uh, snow in the middle of winter and we did a whole news report on this dead body that had been found in our backyard and then another day i grabbed the video camera and woke everybody in the house up at 5 30 in the morning and then put that entire video to song shiny people by rem nice and there was also the time that my brother scared the shit out of my mother in the garage and she dropped a word that i've never heard that woman ever say in my entire life then please how are what is what is the rating on this divorce no no <laughs> she can't divorce uh, pg-13 we we uh drop we are, we are, a couple of swears here and there yeah, oh, it okay. starts with a c and ends with a sucker, sucker. wow yeah i scared yep. her really good but that's not on or, video or what, are we, what are we talking about that it was magic anyway so yeah no you're you're dead on we all have those moments where we're being quirky and weird and we're squid man and gladiator man or whatever the I hell don't have any of them. shut up Pat you all, all my do. videos are of the naughty Sexual. variety yeah so, oh my so, god I think I, I don't throw yeah, up a I don't want to mouth. see that I think the Patrick, takeaway all, all of his videos are of him reading the nightly news <laughs> With a beard and sweaty. I think one of the takeaways here are those his sidekicks and on weather sweating. (laughs) Josh, what do you got? Can I finish? All right. I think one of the things we're trying to get to here, I was just giving a pause there in case Mm. anyone wanted to jump in. It was dramatic. Is that we had some character drama and development before we even got to the vampire stuff. Yes, Yes, we did. It felt like an actual movie for it to be turned into a vampire movie. And also, I'm calling, hey, get it, ready for it? Chekhov's gun. Get it? Oh, Chekhov. That's clever. Chekhov, yeah. Star Trek, Chekhov. Yes. The garage full of Century 21 signs. The second she opened the garage and there were all those signs in there, I was watching with Susie. I'm like, those are going into a vampire. <laughs> there is no way they open the garage and show 20, sp- 20 giant wooden spikes that are not that are just sitting there and they're not going into it. Well, here, yep. real quick, let's let's break down the movie from the point on. So you, you see Charlie Brewster. He's that like your standard teen. OK, he's trying to be all, you know, popping the collar, trying to be super cool, even though he was a, a, a nerd standard kid uh. before that. Thank you. And then you you move on. You meet Evil Ed, who was the lifelong friend. Okay, and then standard point, hot girlfriend. Where the hell that one came from? God knows. And then even leading into the mom, which I loved her as this character because it wasn't just I'm the mom. Oh, what's going on? It's the point. There's one section where Jerry comes in and says, hey, you know, your son is harassing me. He's broken into my house. I'm going to call the cops. You know, you look back 80s, 90s, even early thousands. You know, they're like, oh, yes. No, we don't want to call the police. She goes, we'll go ahead and call them. That was awesome. That was fantastic. Fantastic. And she wasn't like slapping the vampire behind.
behind, don't hurt my son, don't hurt my son. She takes that stake and shoves it right into the back of his head. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it. She, she reminds me, if you want to go back to the, the 80s moms stereotypes, she was the mom from Gremlin. Sure. You know, <clears throat> she's the one knocking the gremlins blender, stabbing them. Right. Taking like an active role in. Yeah. I'm not going to hide from this shit. You know, OK. You know what? I thought my I thought my son was going a little screw with the whole vampire thing. But you know what? He just pulled a pipe out of the ground and blew up our house. I mean, that was the moment for me. I was already on board with the cool like drama between the kid trying to be cool, but not struggling with whether he was leaving his nerdy roots behind, whether he was just a big ass for leaving his friend, whatever. I was on board, but the instant Colin Farrell blew up the house, I was like, we got something special here. Oh, yeah. And that was that was a great, um, that whole, I, you can't come into the house until I invite you. In the, in the very beginning, when Evil Ed got bit, and I'm not calling spoilers thing because the, everyone knows that what happened. Um, when he runs into the house and he's like, no one lives here. Right. It made sense. It <laughs> made sense when yeah. it came around to it when he walks through the door no one lives here there's no way and then he's like you don't have to invite me in if there's no house you know? right you know, and that was and the whole idea of pulling the so gas how, how does a, up. how does a vampire ever buy a house because if they can't go into a house unless they're invited well, well they, they, by the legal owner if they're the legal owner they just invite themselves in mm-hmm. yeah but i'm saying if they're looking for a house oh yeah, uh, yeah they've got they use go to use zillow or well, something no probably when the realtor <laughs> looks at them and goes oh yeah totally come in there we go you were invited you just have to stand there and wait till the realtor finally says, come in. <laughs> what the yeah. hell are you doing on the front lawn? Come in here. Right. We're it's kind of weird that we can only look at the houses at night, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Show of hands. How many of us saw this for the first time? Show of hands doesn't work on radio. Yeah. yeah I'm, 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 all right. So hand. anyway, make a fart noise. If <laughs> I'm you, putting my hand up. My all right. Face. If you've seen this, was this the first time viewing for any of us? Yes. yes. Okay. No. How, how many of us did not see... Uh, did not expect the girl to explode when he saved her from the. Uh, oh, that was awesome! That was so great. Like, I thought like so. I thought I thought like she'd got chopped up by some kind of trap or something at first. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, when he said, "Oh my God, you're all right. All right, let's get out of here." And the second she runs in the sunlight, and she just bursts oh, into yeah. flames. That was awesome. I did not expect that. And also, Dave Franco has the weirdest friggin' eye uh, eyebrows of any human being ever known. <laughs> As Mark, <laughs> for some reason, we needed a bully in this uh, movie. You've obviously never seen Andy Rooney. Oh, ooh. Well, Dave Franco's eye- eyebrows look like a division sign. <laughs> well, I, and I don't know that it was so much the bully. They were trying to show that the world that he was transitioning to of the cool kids wasn't all full of very nice people. Which actually made Ed, instead of just a flat character, a little bit more sympathetic, even though he ends up being like a major bad guy. No, I agree with that, because it's like the evil Ed was the guy that, you know, when you get into high school, you go from you go from eighth grade, eighth grade into high school, and you have that, you know, okay, my friends were all going to the same high school. You always have that point where everybody kind of separates. And you, uh, I mean, you can I kind of identify with the evil Ed being like, all right, you know what? I remember, you know, it's like I moved to high school and this guy who was my buddy all the way through middle school suddenly ditched me. Yeah. So you kind of felt sympathetic to evil Ed and, you know, all right, he's getting picked on and this sort of thing. And by all rights, Charlie Brewster should be getting picked on with him if he stood by his friend, but he ditched his friend. I felt Ed, bad for Ed. Ed. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Ed gets a raw deal. Like he ends up being one of the ones who gets killed and like the douchebag friends they come back and go on end. with the rest of their douchebag lives yeah frappuccinos yeah treating did you, did you guys get rejected badly. by people going into high school a lot is that what's happening here <laughs> yeah we got 
got rejected early on in life, so later in life, we were all good. Yeah, I'm still See, going through all kinds of rejections, though. I accept you, Patrick. I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> I, you know what, right now? <laughs> do you know how much how much self-control it took me to just not cut you off from the conversation right now on Skype? <laughs> like, you guys suffer some rejection, you fucking nerds. Well, okay, now the show has four hosts, and Matthew's a permanent part. Hello! Um, no, I mean, like, going back to Evil Ed, because I, I liked him. They, they made him dynamic. They gave him substance. And I could totally, I don't want to say relate, but that's the only thing that pops into my head. If I was in his situation, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, oh, no, Matthew, you've never been rejected in your life. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Hello ladies out there. I'm single. How you doing? I have I have Polaroids of him crying in his room. And three testicles. <laughs> Two of them are mine. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, no, no, looking back at Evil Ed, like, no, he was, he was shot. <laughs> Sorry, Michael's crying right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so on Evil Ed. No, Evil Ed, no, he was, he, one of his two of, okay, two really best friends. One randomly disappeared, okay, murdered. The other one left him completely for the cool kids in high school. So the, the scene in the, the pool or hot tub or wherever the hell it was, when Jerry is saying, you know, I know how you feel, you know, you can, you can be something, you can be somebody. In that situation, you're kind of like, you kind of feel for Ed because he has nothing else. What do you, he has his parents that really apparently don't really pay too much attention to him because they don't even know he's not in his room after like three days. What else does he have? Yeah. And the poor, yeah. The poor guy thinks he's going to be immortal and he doesn't even last like four days. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm Plus, a vampire badass. <laughs> in this one, Jerry is legitimately charismatic. Mm-hmm. Like in the oh, first yeah. one, he's charismatic because the screenwriters tell us he's charismatic. And this, we get to see Colin Farrell legitimately charming someone who already suspects he's a vampire. And the whole scene with the beers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great scene, too. Yeah, that whole... uh, Okay, and despite what my brother says, I like Colin Farrell. I don't care if he's an asshole in real life. I think he's a great actor. I find myself really liking movies he's in. Yeah. I mean, that says something. And this one, I mean, he he plays a very charismatic person. I mean, he plays the guy who's, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to get along. I'm working the night shift. You know, I'm working... I come home late at night because I'm working all day type of thing. That's why he's pale. Yeah, and he plays that kind of like... He's almost awkward, um, but charmingly awkward, I guess would be the best way to put like it. Like Matthew. No. Yeah, well, not really. No, like he's, he's, he's like, a, 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 like a suave but sheepish. Yeah. yeah. But then he reveals his subtle aura of menace when he starts talking about, you know, this girl's a wild one and girls like that have to be managed. You know what that's all about. Right. And he compares the girl to Charlie's mother. And yeah. you, you can smell it. It's almost like a, a taste in the air. It's just like, you're really freaking creepy man yeah do you think you're man enough to protect him yeah yeah right and And then he turns on a dime right before he blows up their house he's like well fuck it i thought that i was going to be able to play this this way we're going in like full bore we're blowing up the house and just killing them all you know where i thought he played the point where i was realized that he was a great villain was after charlie rescued that one girl when he rescued the girl, whatever her, I, I don't even know what her name was. Oh, the stripper that lived Doris. in the street? Yeah. Yeah, Doris. Doris. When he rescued her and they got outside and she exploded and Charlie was like, oh my God, and screaming about what happened out there. And he's inside the house laughing. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, like, this is one twisted mother. Because that's when you realize he knew the entire time they were sneaking out that they were, what they were doing. He saw them the whole time just letting them yeah. go. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, he's letting them do this. Why? Just because it's going to it's gonna mess with them all that little more. 
But to give some practicality to it, he was the modern day vampire. Because if you want to put yourself in those boots at 2011, three years ago, how would you actually get away with it? It was simplistic with the concept that he was doing. So living in Vegas and having uh, the the bottom of the the house all ripped up, and it was it was simple. That's what I really appreciated about it. Oh no, I, I mean honestly, the idea of a, of a I like the idea of okay, if a vampire is going to go anywhere, I mean the other movie that does this really well is 28 not 28 later uh, 30 days a night sure okay. oh yeah okay we're a bunch of vampires we can only come out at night hey you know what they have a month of night in Alaska why aren't we there let's go there hey you know what let's go to a town where people only are out at night let's go to a night a town where people in the daytime are just not non-existent let's go uh, Patrick I'm looking to you for ver- you know validation on this it's true yeah let's go if you're gonna have, be a vampire go to a place where people only exist at night that's one of the things I love about Vegas is, you know, you would get anything any time of day or night. didn't matter. This city never... They always talk about how, you know, New York is a city that doesn't sleep. It's really Vegas. Right. I'd wake up in the morning and go see a movie and get a steak. (laughs) Nice. Before we move on, I want to give the props to Emily Montague, who is playing Doris. When Doris was getting basically killed and eaten as far yes. as she knew and as far as we knew by the vampire. She didn't scream. She didn't call out Charlie's name mm-hmm. and like uh, blow the whole thing. She like put her finger to her lips to tell him to be quiet, thinking she was sacrificing herself. And I thought that was really cool. That was I was so ready for her to scream out his name. Right. You know, I and was then, so ready for it. When she protected him, uh, when she could have like tried to save herself or whatever, and then he successfully, as far as we know and as far as they know, gets her out of the house, there's a moment of triumph and then she's exploded. No, that whole scene where she put her fingers up to her lips and was like telling him to be quiet, that was so out of the ordinary for a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, you expect everything to go by self-sacrifice when it came down to it. Yeah. I mean, she's like, you almost saved me. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving you up. You know, who knows what's going to happen next? Um, we can't go any further without talking about Peter Vincent. Sure. And like, if we're talking about like supporting cast, uh, a little bit of trivia that missed the trivia section is there are two supporting cast members who are connected to David Tennant in this. His agent, Victoria, who's played by Lisa Loeb of like 90s alternative fame. You say. Yep. That was her. And then his lover, Ginger, who is also his stage presence, who is Sandra Vergara, who is so Sophia Vergara's sister. Really? Yes. I-, I thought she looked familiar, so I looked her up and then noticed the last name. Oh, my and- God. She was in God Bless America. I love that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of a modern family, like they have very similar mannerisms and whatnot. And I was like, I think I recognize her. It's like, nope, I recognize her because she's a lot like her sister. Yeah. Um, I like the completely different take on David Tennant. I mean, on uh, Peter Vincent. The In the first one, I like the fact that it was this washed up 1960s, 1950s horror movie star that was just looking, you know, I'm only doing this because you're paying me $500 in uh, your savings bond. You know, but then to twitch to uh, change it over to David Tennant and to have it be like, all right, you find out near the end, his his family was killed by this same vampire, and that's why he got into this whole magic and uh, you know ethereal type stuff. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's also pretty interesting. Now we know David Tennant could play Russell Brand if he had to. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, it's awesome. 
All right. Uh, did you like Did you like the change in Peter Vincent? Was appropriate for the change in venue to uh, to Vegas. He was a very Vegas Peter Vincent. Yeah, he was. I liked it. Um, let's see what else we got here. You already brought up Lisa Loeb. We already talked about Dave Franco's eyebrows. <laughs> Overall, uh, I, I mean, I'm with I'm with Josh. I thought this was a, a really really good remake. I liked it. Oh, what about the fight scene in Peter Vincent's? Uh, big palace of vampire killing stuff. Like, I, that's the big set piece of the movie. Yeah, everybody's running around and smashing things. And um, I liked it. I thought the whole idea, the fact that these these guys are running around is trying to escape vampires while being surrounded by vampire killing instruments was great. And then uh, Imogene Poots smacking uh evil Ed in the face with a morning star. Oh yeah, that was yeah. sweet. And both like her portrayal and their relationship made more sense in this movie like she was a little tougher and a little smarter and they justified him ignoring her a little bit better than they did in the 85 yeah they they pretty Mm. much all just kind of created the adversity in 85 it made a little more sense in this movie Mm -hmm. um well i just want to get my two cents in because i as well i need to go due to health issues so um Real quick, my thoughts on it, and then you guys can berate me when I'm gone, I guess. Um, I, I hated this one equally as much as I hated the original. Oh, um, the, the only redeeming factor was David Tennant hearing him swear like a sailor, but other than that, I, I, I don't know. I, I found it just as charmless and, and soulless. I, actually, more so. You the original at least had some heart to it. This one just was. You can't tell me that there wasn't any charm when Chris Sarandon got out of the car. That was the only bright light of the whole movie. I mean, David Tennant, I like because I'm a Doctor Who nerd, but I, w- that was the only part of it that I went, oh, hey, that's neat. They brought back the original Jerry. Okay, he really does and then like he turned, in, wrong, he, then he turned into a horrible-looking <laughs> vampire, and it that threw back to the original. And uh, yeah, I just I did not. And I know Matthew's going to disagree in this case, because oh, Freddie yeah, and I yeah. are on the same page. But. Well, no, I got to ask you, Joel, and I understand if you if you got to go, fine. Uh, didn't you feel that this one had a little more substance to it? It was a little more intelligent, opposed to hey, vampire moved in next door. I'm going to call the cops, and the cops are going to come in, and I'm going to go in with them, and blah blah blah. blah. It, I thought I thought thought it was a little more intelligent intelligent than blatant B. I, I just, I found it to be kind of, like I said, soulless. And I thought that they just, uh, they, they rewrote it trying to be hip and modern and it just fell flat in my opinion. I just, I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. Sorry. Threw so is your face. At, at all in there. <laughs> it, it is kind of sorry. I, I agree with that. Uh, so thanks for killing anyway. it there. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you have a different opinion? Oh, this is America. Well, we'll wait and see what happens with Carrie next week. Oh, wait, I gave away the spoiler. Damn. Oh, spoilers of next week. All right. Before we do right. spoilers, we know Joel hates it. Well, and he, I opened up the segment with just saying that, like, it's probably moved into, like, maybe this is just first day afterglow, but, like, this is really near the top of my horror movies, probably of the last 10 years. Josh and Fright Night, the tree. Yeah, I, I really S-C-K-I-N-G. like this. C-K-I-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, and I have to say, uh, one of the best covers of 99 Problems I've ever heard. Oh, you should buy the yeah. album. Hugo, very good artist. A little subtle. Oh, I thought you meant twang. the Jay-Z album. I thought he meant well, the Spielberg too. movie. No, the, I thought I was talking about the clothes. Or Hugo Boss. I like you. I like you, Hugo Boss. So wait, are we going down to the thumbs up, thumbs down now? Or what well, yeah. we're just making just... sure that everyone's sounding in, since Joel's got to go. We're okay. probably going to oh, talk a little okay. bit more sure. about the ending, but uh, we're not going to wrap up 
up the show here. Okay. Let's make okay. sure that everyone sign, sounds off. Okay. Um, then I, it was probably, I completely agree, um, one of the best horror flicks <clears throat> with not really scary wise, but had substance to it in the last 10 years. Uh, there, because Hollywood has really been sucking the fat one for the longest time. So this, this was a good, it was a good remake. I thought it had variety, spice, humor, panage, if you will. And I will. And <laughs> you will. And you'll like that, it. Uh, that, that does have panache. <laughs> Thank you, Texas. Yeah. All right. I mean, if you want to talk vampire remakes, the best vampire remake they've made so far in the past decade is is Let the Right One In, which, or I'm sorry, Let Me In, which the original is the best vampire movie ever made. Let the Right One In, but Let Me In was a comparable remake and way better than this movie. Which I have is totally a nice different kind either. of game. No, but that's a nice comparison since next week you guys are talking about Carrie. Totally oh. different kind of movie, though. Well, I'm just but saying, yeah, same Chloe Moritz, Grace, yeah. Christopher Mintz Plaza also ties in with Kickass and Hit Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good night, folks. Good night, good night Joel. Joel. Good night, Joel. Feel better, man. Thanks. All right, now let's talk about why Joel was wrong. What an asshole! <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, the ending, the final battle. Let's go into a vampire's house right before the sun sets. I've never understood that. Let's go in. I mean, if I was going to go fight a vampire, I'm going to go fight a vampire right before the sun comes up. But it goes back to that machismo thing. This is my girl. I need to save her within 24 hours of the vampire biting her. Yeah, that's true. I also love the difference with uh, David Tennant's character. He was a coward, but the original Peter Vincent, he was a coward the same way that, like, Dr. Smith from Lost in Space was a coward. He just kind of run around with his arms in the air going, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this guy had a reason to be scared of vampires, and he had intelligence like I'm going to go in here and I'm going to shut the door on my million dollar panic room and for the amount of Midori that that dude was drinking his teeth should have been the Elmerald City by the time the movie ended that man <laughs> put down at least three bottles of Midori I also thought it was funny that he was making fun of the kid who wouldn't uh, drink with him and talk about yeah I'll make you a Shirley Temple and he's drinking Midori yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> So there's not a whole lot of drinks you can make fun of if you're drinking Midori's. Yeah. One of them. Like Midori yeah. and... Oh, she's like a pink lady. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't understand that. Why Midori of anything? Mm, I, I don't Midori's, know. Midori is very British. I could go for some I can go for some melon right now. I mean, apparently in, in England, it's it's like Midori sours and Midori... Really? And, and right, is a lot more popular with the lady folk. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. With the lady folk. All so right. it's probably him trying to like you know make his character a little more effeminate, I guess. I guess a little more British, you mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. How about the um the mulligan? I mean, mulligan? What's the phrase, Pat? Not mulligan. The I don't uh, know. MacGuffin. Oh, MacGuffin. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what you were trying Here, to do. Yeah. Here's the MacGuffin of the movie. All right. We've got the thing that'll solve our entire problem. This is the only problem I have with this movie. But here's the thing. It made sense, though, because he had that giant hallway of like everything that you need to kill, some sort of I demonic know, thing. You got zombies. You got werewolf, the whole nine thing. Yeah, they like, had it, an excuse to have anything they needed there. That's right. true. But I mean, it's like, oh, here's a, here's a stake that was blessed by St. Mark. But but they did a preamble to that, saying that he got his divinity of whatever in whatever the shit this thing and they, was. And they did they did foreshadow it because they showed that stake earlier. They just briefly flashed to it. At right. One. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I mean, it's 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 kind of goofy for me to have a problem with that stake with everything else that's going on in the movie. <laughs> okay, I'll buy the vampires. I'll buy the. You know, yeah. I'll buy that he can you know transport. You know, I'll buy that he can fly. I'll buy all that. I I'll buy the fa- I'll buy the fact that you can pull up a gas main and blow up yeah. a house by burning. Through the through the copper but wire. I don't think I don't think the vampire relic hunter would have an ancient <laughs> stake in his collection. You don't know him. 
All right. So maybe the big problem was with it was that something valuable that was sold on eBay actually arrived at the guy who bought its house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty unrealistic right there. Oh, that was one of the best lines of the whole movie, I think. When he's got that steak shooting gun and he gets like three good shots out and then it fritzes out and he's like, fucking eBay. <laughs> no, honestly. Okay. So going off of Peter Vincent with the, the scene at the end where he's shooting the stakes and he shows up randomly and all that crap. Uh, when he's shooting at Colin Farrell and Colin Farrell looks at him and he goes, ah, look like your mother. Shoot like your father. Yeah. Oh you my God. That was, that was great. That was just like, you know, it made a perfect sense. And even the look on you've his got face. Your, yeah. You've got your mother's eyes and your, your father's, father's aim. aim. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. That was fantastic. And what I liked about specifically this one, like you've got your standard, oh, it's Jerry the Vampire Next Door from the 85 version. But this was, there's there's a tribe of vampires from South America. It made a little bit more sense. It, it yeah. made it more real for me opposed to your standard, you know, Vlad the Impaler from Eastern Europe kind of thing it, it just made more substance for it yeah no i agree with that i mean the, when when the hands and the arms and the legs started coming out of the walls i thought that was very cool yeah. like oh shit they're got they're screwed well, except for franco franco and his eyebrows yeah. if he had not had those division symbol eyebrows he would have died <laughs> you know what did i ever tell you that suzanne has a irrational hatred of the franco clan <laughs> She like for the Hatfields and the McCoys? Pretty much for right. some reason or another, Suzanne's like, I friggin' hate James Franco. That's Any Franco movie I show the her... Hens- it, the Hensons and the Francos. Yeah, for some reason <laughs> or another, she's got the... Um, I forget what, what movie... Uh, what movie we watched, but we had James Franco as maybe Star... I mean, not Star Wars, but Spider-Man Star or something. Wars. Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man or something like that. She's just like, by the end of it, she's like, I hate that guy for some reason. I just do not... <laughs> she's well, like putting him in movies he's never been in. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> funny... You're watching Casablanca. I just hate James Franco. No, funny <laughs> fact. Not many people know that uh, Jar Jar Binks' his voice is actually played by James Franco. I thought it was Richard Gere. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Everybody hates him. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. So I, I want to bring something up. Okay. Similarities between the two movies. Okay. Because when Both we were talking, vampires. no shit. Really? There was vampires in this one. Um, Same names. Oh yeah. All the actors mm-hmm. had heads. Yes. <laughs> and and they wore clothes and feet and scene. <laughs> <laughs> Assholes. They were not homeless. And none of them were members of Al Qaeda. That's true. And no yogurt was eaten. Wait, as far movie. as you know, you don't know, Pat. Wait, for half of the movie, three of the characters were homeless because their house blew up. Oh. Uh, ah. No, technically two. Two. That's, That's true. true. The girlfriend didn't live. The girlfriend right. was like, "Hey, I'm out of here. I have a house." That's right. Driving her little <laughs> VW Bug in Vegas. Okay. So one one thing that I really appreciated, you know, the the fruit thing aside. Okay, whatever. But um, we looking at the comparison between the the jaws and the teeth between 1985 Jerry and 2011 Jerry. It was pretty close. It was pretty dead on, even though it was CGI. Uh, one of the things that was from the original one is that they, they came up with the idea of a vampire opening his mouth and having the, va- the shark teeth in it. Right. And they could not figure out a way of how to do it in the original movie. They, um, then, which, which wound up with the, the, uh, weird prosthetic. Yeah, the girlfriend thing. with the fake, with the teeth coming out and going in all sorts of different directions that they used on the, actually wound up using on the poster. Um, they could not figure out a way how to technically do that. Um, and that's, I think is why 
like that one of the callbacks is they actually had the vampire with the shark teeth in the remake, which I think was pretty cool. I think. That was pretty dead on, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And did any of you guys, how many of us watched it on DVD? Yes. Okay. Nope. Okay. So anyway. I streamed it. Um, yeah, me too. In the extras, you get to see what the, uh, how the effects look before they put them in. You get to see a lot of cool little extra stuff. Like when the, uh, his girlfriend, when Amy's got the vamp, the, uh, shark teeth, they show a scene where they've got a prosthetic grin on her face where her cheeks are pushed up like that, where she's making that weird smile. But the inside of that grin is all with uh, non-photo green. Yeah, it's a green screen on her face. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you got, I thought I thought that was pretty cool because you get to see how they actually did that effect that way. Um, and the other, and the only problem I had is the whole car chase scene. I think for the effects for 2011, I think that should have looked a little bit better. But that's just me picking at straws at this point. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I didn't notice anything bad about it. Uh, it was a, a pretty frenetic, uh, confused from the perspective of the characters who are slowly starting to believe Charlie because things are going crazy. Yeah. Oh no, and that and that was the when um uh when he pulls his hand up through the bottom of the car and you hear Charlie come out, Vampire hand coming up through the floor. Don't you believe me now? And that was I thought was really like the validation is the cool part of this movie. Right. And you didn't have the nineteen eighties thing where like all of the support characters, despite overwhelming evidence for no reason at all, just don't believe the main character. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that one. I think that I think the fact that people kind of that his mom and his girlfriend, who for all all intensive purposes, looked like they were not going to believe him through the entire thing. You know, going, oh, he's a vampire, Charlie. Of course, we're yeah, we we love you, so that's why we're going along with this. And holy shit, he blew up the house. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I got to do this real quick. Ah, oh, song's so good. So good. Well, I'm I'm yeah. not a fan. Okay, the ending, which I think that was a great that was a great ending for it. Um. I'm not a fan of the rap song, but for some reason or another, the bluegrass version, I love. Well, yeah. No, Hugo is actually a very good artist. Yeah, I think he's only got like two albums out there, but it's, it's a nice variety when it comes to the bluegrass. Yeah. yeah. And aside from that refrain, they're not really remakes of one another. But just, I, I'm a fan of both songs, but they're very different songs. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Well, and then maybe throw a little, uh, what, Maroon 5 in there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm glad that we also got a little bit of a look at uh, how his life got back together at the end. We got got a call back to his mom just i like getting to see one more uh, look at tony collette like she's just a great actress one of the great australian actresses i know it's not a very long list but like in terms of uh, familiarity yeah familiarity here in america but like i was just glad that uh they featured her here and we got another look at her at the end instead of just letting her fade once she'd been in the hospital bed right yeah she Mm -hmm. was a strong like female lead when it comes down to it like assistant female lead yeah yeah and okay another i mean before we close out another one of the great lines in the movie after they put their mom in the hospital and she's got all the tubes and everything she's unconscious and they look at the nurse and go mother's very religious and there's all those freaking crosses right. all over the room i thought that yeah. was great so joel i mean josh <laughs> joel's, joel's gone. gone some other j name some other j what are we doing next week 
uh, as Joel actually previewed earlier, we are going to be looking at Carrie, the yes. uh, Stephen King classic uh, with Sissy Spacek made into the movie and the remake. Yeah, so. who does not love a bucket of pig blood? Oh, uh, Carrie. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, if you guys have an idea for us for uh, what are we calling this? Shocktober? Oct- yeah, uh, Shocktober, Scaretober, or something Tober. Uh, if you have an idea for us, and if you have a horror movie then now that you would like us to cover and watch and talk about, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And if you like this show for some reason or another, you picked us up for the first time, you saw us and thought, hey, these guys sound like something fun, uh, you can go back and look at our uh, other 55 Five. episodes. And uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Blueberry, on Stitcher, and on TalkShoe. Also, you'll, you can find us at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network, and we're every Saturday at noon on Geek Life Radio. So, yeah, yeah lots of ways to find us and contact us. You can find us on Facebook by searching for 40 going on 14. You can email us at 40 go 14 at gmail.com or tweet to us on Twitter at at 40 go 14. Right on. So we all good for this night? I think so. Mm. I, it's a uh, fright night for real. Fright night. Reels. For reals. For reals, dog. Yo. It's real, man. No, I'm cutting right. you guys off. Oh. That's <laughs> all right, folks. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Yeah, it's good to, cover. Yeah. Good to have you around, man. All right. You. you guys have a good night, and uh, we're signing off. Thank you. Night, night. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Oh, yep, that Jaeger's coming back up. And there was much rejoicing.